0: I'm going to be very careful to say that something has to be done all the time because i don't know everything about everything what i'm saying for me is if i don't track whatever it is i'm not going to get the results i want that's what my experience has taught me if i am not tracking i am working with my eyes closed i don't know where i'm going
1: welcome to the wits and weights podcast i'm your host philip pape And this twice-a-week podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve physical self-mastery by getting stronger, optimizing your nutrition, and upgrading your body composition. We'll uncover science-backed strategies for movement, metabolism, muscle, and mindset with a skeptical eye on the fitness industry so you can look and feel your absolute best. Let's dive right in. Wits and Weights community, welcome to another episode of the Wits and Weights podcast. Today's a very special day because I have on the show... Someone I would consider a friend, a peer, a mentor, a brother, and one of the few men in my life who pushed me to be a better man. The one and only Carl Berryman of the Inspired by Impact podcast. I invited him on, or he invited himself, or we mutually agreed to have him on (laughs) (laughs) to talk about the health and fitness side of his personal journey to build muscle, to get strong, to fill out his sleeves. Uh, not only to become a better man, but a bigger man in the literal sense. And mm-hmm. we're going to dig into some of the methods, but also more importantly, the principles of what it takes to crush your body composition and fitness goals and many other topics to to be uh, revealed soon. Yep. So Carl and I met. So we met when we did a podcast swap. This was probably, I want to say, six months ago or so. And you can find his first interview on episode 47 of Wits and Weights or my interview on his show, Inspired by Impact, a podcast for men, episode 37, that came out around January. So stop right now, follow Inspired by Impact in your podcast app, and then keep uh, listening. Back then, I had no idea we would develop such a close relationship like we have, and we continue to bounce ideas off each other. We spiral what we're doing, our impact, our work, and yeah, I didn't know that would happen, but we really pushed each other. So check out 47 for my original intro of Carl. Uh, He doesn't really need an introduction for today. So today I thought it would be fun to have a more organic conversation because Carl is the type of man who is an expert at peeling back the onion, the mental onion, the layers. He gets to the core, but beyond that, he goes into a completely different dimension of reality and that's where he excels and I hope we get to today. So Carl, my brother... This is going to be a fun one for us and the listeners as we were talking before uh, pushing go. So thanks for making another appearance on the show, my man.
0: Hey, man. I, like I said, before we even hit record, I was, I've was i been looking forward to this all week. And like it, it's funny because I take for granted the fact that um, I've got so many amazing people that I've met through the podcast. And it's funny because I, I mentioned in one of my podcast episodes recently that if you want to really build amazing relationships with people, start a podcast. Because you you get such amazing in depth conversations. But like you, I had no idea it was gonna go like this. Like I'm not I'm not shy to reveal some vulnerable stuff with men in my life. And I'm I'm very fortunate where I have, I'm gonna say like six or seven men where we can go really deep on stuff that people don't normally talk about. I had no idea you were gonna be at the top of that list. Like you and I, I communicate with you more than just about any other man now going back and forth, like just running these ideas off each other and constantly giving each other spots and helping each other get stronger. And man, like my, my life in so many different ways has, uh, has been leveled up as a result of our relationship. So I'm I'm honored to be here, man.
1: It is, it's mutual. And I think we get that energy from each other. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have called myself the type of guy who is Super open about my emotions. It wasn't that I was reserved about it, but just uh, you pushing me to do that. I, I am a man of action. So when I have this guy like you come in who says, you know, we need to be vulnerable, we need to talk about this stuff, this stuff's important. And I hadn't really heard that message. All of a sudden, it's okay, let me take action. If that's important and, and I understand that it is, let me go after it. And then your comment about podcasting for relationships. Oh, I mean, I, we can't stress that enough, Carl. Like, nope. even if you're not in it a business, if you don't have a business, just start it for a hobby yeah all of a sudden it's like it's like dating or um, meeting friends. It's very hard to do like in the real world, but with podcasts you're kind of uh, forced into that in a way yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <Right>? you are
1: <laughs> and you all of a sudden build this huge network, and they're like minded people like minded in terms of not necessarily you agree on everything but your uh, your passion for life and your passion for asking questions and having yeah. conversations so you you've enlightened me, but you've also introduced me to people like Darling Marshall, who I just recorded this yeah. week, who's making me think rethink just my philosophy, you know, my values. So yeah. Uh, anyway, Carl, um, right now, can, just to ground can, listeners, uh, you want to interrupt?
0: Yeah, I do. Right. I, you better get used to this. Well, I'm sure yeah, yeah, you're it's used fine. to me interrupting <laughs> you. I just I want to go back to something that you mentioned there because you talked about how I kind of opened your eyes with regards to uh, the vulnerability and and the sharing and stuff like that one thing i'm really starting to entertain more from a from an idea and a, just i i do that too much like i do it too much to the point where there needs mm. to be more action so i look at you a guy who's mm. all about action it's like hey i need to take more action you're looking at me seeing a guy who's really vulnerable and saying i need to do this while I'm not going to say either of us is right or wrong. We need to try on what fits for us and make sure that we know where that destination is that we're going and seeing if we're actually getting there. Because I take a look at like, yeah, I do a ton of journaling. I do a ton of meditation, everything like that. But at the end of the day, is it taking me closer to where I want to go? If the answer is no, then maybe I need a little bit more action. If the answer is no, and I'm doing a ton of action, maybe there is a little bit more introspection I need to do. So there's definitely no right or wrong. And I love that we are, for lack of a better expression, kind of a yin and a yang where like yeah. I'm I'm feeding off of that energy that you put out from an action oriented standpoint. And then you can kind of feed off the peeling back the layers of the onion to get to the core of things for me. So neither is better or worse than the other. We need to figure out what works for us. And then if action is that thing that works for you and it needs to be like an 80-20 split, do that. If introspection works for you and it needs to be 80 in terms of Introspection, so you can make sure you have a hyper laser focused 20% that gets you to where you want to go, then that works for you. But it's 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 no different than what we're doing with our meal plans, what we're doing with our workouts, like really trying on what might fit for you, giving it time to see if it actually does, and then running with it.
1: Yeah. That this this reminds cause we're gonna get into principles and methods, Carl. And what works for you is is not just lip service. It's not just a buzzword, right? Cause I just this morning, uh there was a QA on one of the podcasts I listened to. And the question was, "If I don't like tracking, why should I track? Because I know we're going to get into that a little bit <laughs> and and he said, "Well, you don't have to. He said, for some people, it reduces decision fatigue, and there's other reasons for it and i was but beyond that, then he talked about how the things that work for him as a host in the past to solve problems give him the experience and lens and maybe bias to apply to other people and what might work for them, and that might not work for that individual right, right? so this is the difference between principles and principles and methods. I think we wanted to get into maybe we could just dive into it right now.
0: Uh, Yeah. uh, Right. Absolutely. Because that's that quote. I can't remember who said it, but, um, the quote with regards to, uh, the man who focuses on principles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're on the same wavelength. So Carl doesn't know my notes here. Carl doesn't know my notes, but Mm -hmm. I have it. Is it the one by. Is it Ralph Waldo Emerson? Yes. It's misattributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson. Okay. It was actually said by Harrington Emerson. He was a yes. business theorist. Yes. He was like a pioneer of scientific management, which for people listening, actually, that's kind of ties into my career as an engineer. Scientific management is just how do we do things in a data-driven way? You could take that to extremes when it comes to people and you talk capitalism, You know, labor versus capital. Anyway, yeah. uh, he said, quote, as to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods, ignoring principles is sure to have trouble.
0: Yep, so, That one, I used, I used to have that on my fridge and it is, yes, principles. Go ahead, kick this one off. No, no.
1: I, I mean, so on this show, we talk a lot about nuts and bolts things. And actually you're, you've encouraged me to also keep exploring the behavior change and mindset part of this, which is extremely important. But just uh, take energy balance for example, right? The relationships between the calories you consume and the calories you expend, and to gain weight, which is something you're trying to do right now, to build muscle, right? Not trying you need to do in a it surplus. Doing it. Yeah, you're trying to do it, right? You're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it, right? Oh man, we can get into the definition of try and Yoda and all that, but anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, taking action is trying, isn't it, my man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The it beginning. is. Okay. So, uh, so you have to eat more than you burn, and it sounds simple, right? But then we get into how do you do that and how does your body respond and what are the methods for that? So one method right. is to count calories, mm-hmm. right? That's a method, counting calories or tracking food or whatever. Others would be using a meal plan, using portion sizes, measuring your food but not tracking it, estimating based on labels, estimating what you see mm-hmm. or just intuitively eating based on experience and hunger signals, right? right? So my approach with clients which, you know, when Carl and I were first uh, talking about coaching and things like that, he's like, I don't want to do this and we're going to get into it. Like My, my approach <laughs> is, is use tracking because to me it was a quick way to get awareness and precision for a yeah. lot of people who I deal with who've never had good understanding of their hunger signals or what they're consuming. So tell us about your view on that specifically and then we can branch off from there.
0: My view on that specifically is that if it works for you and it's taking you to where you want to go and it's something you can sustain, like stick with it, like why not? The other view that I would have on it to oppose myself, because I'll, I'll I'll play both sides of the fence here, is that if you're not getting to where you want to go based on what you're doing, then you'd be insane not to try something else, regardless of mm-hmm. how much you hate it. Like because just the fact that you hate it, if you then start getting results. As like if you start get making the progress you want as a result of doing the thing that you used to hate, guess what? You're not gonna hate it anymore. Yes. You're gonna like it. You're <laughs> gonna like it because yeah. all of a sudden it starts to work. Now, for me, this is how I would phrase it. I haven't taken the time to develop a better relationship with tracking like calorie tracking because the stories that I play in my head with regards to doing that stuff like I remember like there was a there was a few days there I only did it for like three days there's a but like one of those days specifically I remember I'd go in there and since I'm eating the same thing it was super easy to track right but then like I think about when I make my shakes, I think about when I make my pierogi casserole, like I'm trying to like to try to just do the math on that. Like cooking is something that I use as a relaxation outlet. Mm. Like I, it, it's downtime for me where I can just shut off, not be thinking about my podcast, not be thinking about spirituality and all this stuff. So for me to then take something that feels like work and put it into a space that I go specifically to not work that's where the relationship kind of came to a head so i'm like okay well if i'm not tracking via an app or something like this i at least need to be doing something and it's it's really interesting for me what i because i like i shot up weight pretty quickly which was really really surprising for me Mm -hmm. and i I, like i've had lots of people mention that they they notice the differences too Which for my ego is that that's nice to pump my tires um but I noticed for me that I, like you said, I always want to unpeel the onion and get to the core. So it's like, okay, my I'm, I've hit a plateau. What does that mean? Does it mean I'm not eating enough calories? Probably. Okay, so then why am I not eating enough calories? Let's peel another layer. Okay, well, I'm not eating enough calories because when I go to the fridge, I don't want to take time to prep stuff. Okay, so if I don't want to take time to prep stuff, what do I need to do? I need to have stuff prepped in advance. So for right now, what I actually track is food prep. I don't track my calories. Like I know Mm -hmm. the portion size I'm going for, but if I get food prep done three times a week or more, I don't have to worry about calorie intake because the food is there and not only there, but it needs to be delicious. So last night I'm like, man, I don't feel like eating. I'm not hungry, but I have to, I'm going on the show tomorrow. I've got to be nice and bulk for, for (laughs) Philip here. So I'm like, okay, what's going to be quick. What's going to be easy. Tacos. Tacos. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's going to be quick done. And I get my calories in. So really taking the time to figure out why I haven't been doing what I know I need to do has helped me figure out how to do things as simply as possible. So the principles, how do you make mistakes hard to make? That was Mm -hmm. the question I had to answer. How do you make mistakes hard to make?
1: Yeah. So what you're telling me then is... Through this process, you're gathering data of some kind. It's not yep. the same data that I would have a, a new client do because there's a system I have, and that's that's a kind of a reliable way to j- dive into it right from the bat because I have right. a tool for it. But you have you also have a tool, and it's take the output, which in your case is you didn't gain weight, which we can get into that like that and how you calculate that accurately and so on. Yeah, you took that output, said it's not where I need to be. I need to push it higher. You already have this reliable. Uh, or a consistent way of eating, and now you know there 's a delta to that you need to make, yeah whether it 's via prep or the content or the quantity or what have you, and then you make it so it really does sound to me like you're you're tracking of a different with a different tool effectively yeah tracking yeah. something you're tracking, information. tracking still
0: it has yeah. it has exactly. to be done it has That's to be point. done yeah. that 's something that i would yeah that 's the principle i 'm yeah. right it's it 's the principle i 'm never going to say actually i 'm I'm going to be very careful to say that something has to be done all the time because I don't know everything about everything. What I'm saying for me is if I don't, if I don't track whatever it is, I'm not going to get the results I want. That's what my experience has taught me. If I am not tracking, I am working with my eyes closed. And I've, if I'm working with my eyes closed, I don't know where I'm going and I'm not yeah. going to get there. Yeah. And you said to get the results you want.
1: So your result right now isn't wellness. It's gaining muscle. Like, let's be honest. I mean, you might have other micro goals yes. and problems you're trying to solve. Yes, which is
0: which is why I switched back to eating, like, I got off of my plant-based diet. Because I know right now the goal is to put on lean muscle. Right. And in order to do that, like, I was just getting so tired of beans and lentils <laughs> and tofu, which I still eat for sure. I still eat. Sure. But as soon as I started adding chicken and dairy and ground beef and ground turkey back in there, that's when I started to get excited about eating again. I'm like, man, I miss this stuff. <laughs> All right. So you're just saying just from a psychological standpoint of and enjoyment standpoint, yes. you, you were getting huge uh, factor that pe- yeah, yeah. the Huge factor that yeah. people completely downplay is how much are you going to enjoy the thing that you need to do to get you where you want to go? Because if you don't enjoy it, as soon as you can stop, you're going to stop.
1: Agree. Yeah. And we talk about sustainability, which again is another buzzword that gets thrown around sometimes lightly. And what you're telling me is that even during a muscle building phase, which we know can last a long time, it can last yep. six, nine or, or more months. Yep. It's not a short-term process. So you have to make it enjoyable, but also not make so many trade-offs that you don't get your results. That's that's the thing. Yes. You know, you're not living yes. at maintenance. You're trying to push your weight. And what's happening is, I sh- I sent you those graphs by text yesterday of, of yep. like my personal last time I did a building phase, right, my expenditure went up by about 600 calories over six months, which is not, which is actually pretty typical yep. for my size, and then, which is about twenty five calories a week that I would have to increase my cal- my daily intake to keep up with that. Which twenty five calories isn't a lot, but you know it adds up over time, right? It
0: yeah, it, it, it's like anything. Like when you're if you're going to do bench press, when you start from one end and then you start making your gains, and all of a sudden you get to that point where it's really heavy. Now you've got to start going up by like five pounds instead of 20 pounds or even two and a half pounds for some lifts instead of, yeah. So it, it gets tough. I trust me. I know right now, force feeding myself is, uh, I'm looking for ways, not looking for ways around it. I'm getting very, very, um, strategic about how to, how and when to force feed myself. So, Ah, so do you, is force feeding, do you see it as force feeding or I want to get into that? Okay. Okay. So language, language is really important. So I'm really glad you brought that up. I actually, I don't see it as force feeding. I see it as eating when I'm not hungry in order to, in order to get to where I want to go. Yeah. So this is a part of the process. It's, it's no different than me. So today at bench, um, I was super pumped about it. I want to make sure this happened today. So for the longest time, I was stuck on 185, right? For, for bench, I do it. I do it five. And when I was doing it by myself, I, could, I didn't even try a sixth time, even though I made sure I did them in the squat racks. Mm-hmm. I was just scared. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I get a buddy to come help me with 190. We get 190 times up, up five. Next week, I do 195 and we get that up five. The fifth one was really hard. So today I tried something different where sets one, two, and three, I didn't go all out or set, sets one and two because I do three sets. Sets one and two, I didn't. So got up to 205 and like four was, I'm not going to say easy. It was very manageable. 195, the second set that I did for four, super manageable, like super manageable because I changed my mindset around what heavy was. So with regards to force feeding, it's not going to be force feeding. It's like, no, this is me just feeding my muscles and being the person and the man that I say I want to be. That's what this is. So I'm going to choose to entertain that story as opposed to it being a painful story.
1: Yeah. And I think that's important for people listening because there are different types of coaches out there, right? There's some that focus on wellness and health. There's some that focus on longevity, uh, others that focus on performance and some that focus on aesthetics, right? And these are all different yep. goals. And what you're going after here is ultimately it's going to be an aesthetics goal once you lean out, but you're, you're really aiming for performance right now. And like you just said, trying to get, push your lifts and yep. eat to a fuel and perform. Um, it's okay to do that. Like The fact that you don't feel hungry is your body telling you, this is a slightly unnatural state you're in physiologically. You're pushing yourself away from homeostasis. Same thing on the other end. We have hunger. I get questions all the time like, how do I avoid hunger during fat loss? The answer is you can't. You don't. You can't (laughs) avoid it. And you don't want to be playing tricks, but (laughs) you can make it manageable. You can learn about hunger. You can learn what hunger means. And separate yeah. physical from physiological hunger and so on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, man. So let's see. Um, tell us, so tell the listener what you're actually trying to do and where you came from before. Because I understand that you maybe in the past struggled with gaining weight or the thought of gaining weight, or you, did, you kind of quit too early in the process. Tell us about that.
0: I struggle with the commitment to put on weight. That's just all okay. there is to it. I, I gave mm-hmm. up way too soon. So ever since I'm 43 now, ever since I was, man, I don't know. 10 i've wanted to be one of those bigger guys because like my older brother would have the muscle and fitness magazines he'd have the benches at home with like the brown plates with the sand in them whatever and yeah, so i'd yeah. be working out i <laughs> i always wanted to be like i wanted to be big and jacked and then i guess around probably i'm gonna say 35 So not all that long ago, relatively speaking, I kind of, I gave up on that and I'm like, you know what, work with what you got, Carl, like you're a lean guy, you're super agile, you're fast, like, um, let's just, let's dive into that and do the best you can with that. So, um, back in 2021, early 21, I made a, a really radical transformation. I didn't lose very much overall weight at all. And my body fat percentage only went down by 3% from 15 to 12. And I went from like 151 to 148. And I looked jacked, like I looked, mm-hmm. I looked great. And then fast forward a couple of years and my regular weight is around like 139 to 141. And I remember Jenny Lee had talked about pictures that I, when we first started dating like 10 years ago that I would send to her and I looked bulkier. Like I looked, I looked good, but I was, there was a lot more mass on me. I'm like, man, I want to get back to that. But every single time I would go on a bulk, And I couldn't see my six pack. I was like, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Like I'm, I'm not doing this because I want to see my six pack completely forgetting one of the main principles I preach all the time, which is half of getting what you want is knowing what you have to give up to get it. And for me, i have like right now, sure. If I flex hard enough, I can see my (laughs) six pack, but I'm not, I'm just not about that right now because the reason why I want to put The reason why I wanted to put on muscle mass before was for aesthetics. The reason why I want to do it now is because I'm realizing, and I've learned this from you, Philip, just how proportionate longevity and performance in later years is with the amount of muscle you have on Mm, your body and the quality of that muscle. So it's like, hey, this is only going to keep getting harder for me to put on muscle. So if there's any time, regardless what age you are, the time is now. So I need to put this muscle on now I need to get up and get as heavy from a muscle standpoint as I possibly can right now and just stay hundred percent dedicated to that because yeah, I'm a lean guy. I imagine it's probably not going to be that difficult for me to shed some stuff if I want to, but more importantly, like I want to be that personal trainer in my seventies who is schooling the punks. Like there just schooling them in every category, like, like walking up to the bar yeah. and doing three plates for, for, a for a warm up. I want to be the guy who's doing box jumps. That's still up to my shoulders. Like I, I want to be that guy. And that's never going to happen if I'm not willing to make this very short term sacrifice. Like think 12 months may sound to a lot of sound long to a lot of people, but if I've been trying to do this really since I was 16, if I'm being honest, we're going almost 30 years there. Yeah. So t- so twelve months compared to thirty years, that's pretty short.
1: Yeah, and th- yeah, and, and there are several principles in there that the listener should understand. We do cover it on the podcast a lot, but in case they haven't heard about it, and one one is the longevity and health that comes from having lean mass. It really is the crux of so much of. Mm-hmm if you think of the opposite of what happens with what happens with most people you get older you get more frail you lose significant body mass i mean carl's been been working out for years so you've kind of maintained or at least done a little bit of body recomposition over the years you yeah. know i could tell from your physique right whereas most people just haven't even done that right they've been mm-hmm. living a sedentary life myself included until when i was almost 40 and At 40, at 50, at 60, I've seen people time and again start to strength train and everything just starts to get better. Yeah, Carl, I hear this all the time from clients um, where we start with like a a weight. In their mind, they need to lose weight, right? They need to lose weight. (laughs) And and I'm like, okay, well, hold on. We're not going to do that just yet, right? We got to figure some things out first and and have some fun with these new uh, tools and processes and habits. Let's have fun with them. We always gamify things, try to have things that we track and whatnot. And I tell you, almost to a person, what's my PR becomes like the driving question of yeah, the day. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's them. such a good feeling. It is. And then, uh. and then what'll happen is maybe after two, three months, we've done all this, they've gotten super strong and we do a fat loss phase. Just we got to learn that. Right. And they're like, Wow this is way easier than I thought, wow, why is my body responding this way? Wow, wow, wow. And it's like, you're lifting heavy. Like it really comes down to that. All yeah. this stuff is, 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 important, like sleep and stress and stuff. But the big change that you never did before was telling your body muscles important.
0: Yeah. You know? And so, you think that yeah. you think that's so not solely, but you think one of the main driving factors of that is lifting heavy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Lifting why? heavy. It is ah, a few reasons physiologically. Well, it's lifting heavy and progressing, you know, progressive overload. So I want to be clear yep. because you you can lift in a higher rep range and still have progressive overload and still develop muscle mass for okay. sure. Okay. Yep. But, and you've probably learned this yourself, like with deadlifts and things like that, building that base of strength makes working in all the rep ranges easier.
0: Way and, easier.
1: Yeah. And the heavier you lift, and we're talking your 80, 80, 85% of your max, not maxing out necessarily. Yep. Uh, recruits bigger muscle fibers that normally would stay somewhat dormant. They just would yep. not get recruited. So that's super important, especially if, hey, women, you want a bigger glutes. Guys, you want you know bigger back, like all that stuff. You got to dig deep and lift super heavy yep. to get those. Now, once you've built that base, then you can start having fun, right? You can do the bodybuilding, the power building, the... The endurance stuff, throw all that in there because you've built the base that you can very easily maintain compared to what it took to build it.
0: Yeah. yeah. One thing I want to add to that, too, is I was thinking about this today. Like, it's amazing the mindset shift from when I did 185 on the bench today to, say, even three weeks ago. Like, 185 would have made me nervous three weeks ago. But now, since I did 195 the previous week, I'm like, there's no reason I can't do 185. And today, like 185 for four, if if I were to go all out there and I had a spot, there might have been eight reps there. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was mm-hmm. not hard. And so where I'm going with that is now I've conditioned my mind to redefine what is hard for me. So after I'm done this strength phase and this building phase, however long this is going to be, imagine what's going to happen when I go down and I'm doing higher reps, but I'm doing them with a heavier weight now because it's like, no, I've I've done done 225 (laughs) for bench now and I'm using that for sets of four. Now, all of a sudden, when I'm going to do my eight to 12, I'm using my 185 Yes, because just the mental... Idea that now this is this is light compared to what I normally do, yeah, um, yeah, and so, it tra-
1: and it translates into all the accessory movements. Like if you if yes. you go after all these deadlifts, like months of progress, then do some rows, just watch how oh. much heavier you get. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? What now? Let's turn that around and and understand that at some point you may. So you have a weight plateau right now that you're pushing through. Yeah, uh, you may at some point have a. Lifting plateau. Um, just because the more advanced you get and the stronger you get, the farther in between the PRs come, and you're a little bit more sensitive to recovery, to stress, and sleep. So if you have just yep. one day where you get six hours of sleep, or one day where you do you lift earlier than later, these little variables can make a difference, and all of a sudden you may may not be able to hit the reps. Yeah. How are you going to handle those situations?
0: Oh, it's it's the same way that I that I handle handle it anywhere else it's knowing in advance that it's going to happen yeah knowing in advance that it's going to happen and making sure that i have tools in place that are going to enable me to emotionally manage that um yeah like say for example squats right now i can squat about as much as i bench because the thing is with squats i'm always super concerned about my back which mm-hmm. means I'm just I'm going into it with the wrong mindset. So I'm trying out different different variations of the squat, oh, like the back squat for sure. Mm-hmm. But in terms of w- like when those plateaus come, just knowing in advance, okay, this is this is exactly what I need because what this is telling me is that what I did to get where I am is no longer working. So I need to grow in some way, shape, or form in yeah. order to get to that next level of me. So that's like. I'm really starting one of the questions that I've really gotten the habit of asking that's kind of annoying, actually, is when like shit hits the fan and things start going wrong. It's like, what am I supposed to learn here? Like, what am I what am I missing? Mm. What do I need to do differently? And I start really diving down and I say annoying because there's a part of me that wants to play the victim but yeah. it just you had, I, I give myself a little bit, a little bit of time for that sometimes, but not really. It's like no, okay, you're stuck, and you're stuck for a reason. What are you missing? How can you expand here? Like this, is, I, I hate saying cliché stuff, like the whole thing, like look at, is it as an opportunity. failure as an opportunity, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. and, and everything like that. But the reason, like clichés are clichés for a reason, right? So, yeah, there's some truth um, in them. Sure. Yeah, there, there definitely is. So yeah, just knowing the plats is okay. I'm stuck. Not only what can I do, but who can I ask for help? Which is what you and I do all the time, right? Yeah. It's like, who can I ask for help? Who do, who can give me a spot on this? Who's Who knows more than I do, which I've got a lot of people who know a hell of a lot more than me. Um, What can I ask them in order to help me get through this? So yeah. who can I lean on right now? Who do I need a spot from? Like mentally, emotionally, physically, in any way, shape, or form.
1: Don't you find that... I, and I totally agree, both wins and struggles reaching out to people. And I want to make, I'm, I want to bring up both because, like, this morning, you know, a guy said, Yes, he's going to be in my podcast. I was super mm-hmm. excited. I'm like, I want to tell everybody, you know, like, <laughs> I want to yeah. get that validation and support from people who know that I'm trying to do this and that this is a successful outcome of what I did. But similarly, with the struggles, if, like, you just said, reaching out to your support structure, sometimes. Information online, Google, whatever, thats in, that you can look that up to try to help. Yep. There's nothing like another human being that you connect to who could just raise that up to the next level, right? You think uh, that?
0: Oh, the, yeah. 100%. Like yeah. there, There's a time and place for both. The latter in terms of reaching out to somebody, because what I'm going to find is I actually, you know, Bobby T, I had a really mm-hmm. good conversation with him yesterday, and he pointed out something to me with regards to my language that... Okay if I'm struggling with something and I go and Google it, I might not be asking the right question because I'm stuck in some type of tunnel vision that this is the problem I need to solve. Whereas having a conversation with somebody like you or somebody like Bobby T, what they're going to say is, Carl, do you realize what the real problem is here? Like it's got nothing to do with what you think it is. Like, did you hear what you just said? So you've got that outside observer, which Google will never, like friends will always be able to give you answers. You can't Google. Yeah, so that's, that's why it's it's so important to have those people in your life that, that A, are willing to step up and say, okay, this is what's really going on. Like you're you're looking, what you're seeing right now is not what's actually going on. So I'm going to, first, I'm going to give you the truth here. It's going to hurt, but you know, they're doing it with love and compassion in order to help you. So yeah, friends over Google. 10 times out of 10. Any day. Well,
1: yeah. until, the AI, until AI gets to that level. Uh-huh. Uh, no, just kidding. I don't uh-huh. want to get in there. So <laughs> no, we won't. I want, to, I want to rephrase what I just heard you say, right? Because I think of it also as challenging the premise of the question. I mean, yes. you're asking a question. Uh, I'm struggling with this. How can I fix Y, X, Y? And it's like, well, you're, ask, you're asking the wrong question, right? Yeah. The, the, your, ch- your struggle isn't this, it's this. And I could just give a very practical example that comes to mind. And somebody asked me the other day, um, how do I, how do I do these like exercises for some muscle group, and and I said, well, why are you asking? Well, because my my I can't squat, and I'm like, oh, okay, well that it's it's the wrong question, <laughs> right? right. Like, how do need I squat properly? Squat, right? What's wrong with my squat? Anyway, that was a very very high level example, but it's it's yeah. a good one. Hey, this is Philip, and I hope you're enjoying this episode of Wits and Weights. If you're finding value in the content and want to stay up to date with all our latest episodes, be sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform. By following, you'll get notified whenever a new episode comes out and you won't miss out on knowledge and strategies to level up your health and fitness. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So then absolutely. so speaking of your support system then if you think of just this this muscle building phase because I've seen a lot of change in you Mentally, I mean, obviously, physically. I haven't been monitoring your your physical numbers.
0: Oh, you haven't closely. been getting the
1: selfies and I've been yeah, yeah no, no, I have. You know what shirt, I mean, eh? right? <laughs> You're not like submitting <laughs> check ins or anything. <laughs> but mentally, how have, how have your brothers in the support system contributed or or detracted? From I know they're not detracting. I hope, but how are they contributing to this process since you started?
0: Um, mainly like the the guys I have here in Winnipeg. It was just it was just really nice to they're not shy to give a compliment. So we all went out and uh, we went to this place called Activate where you do kind of like these skill games, but they're also physical games, right? So there could be climbing, there could be basketball, there could be lasers. like yeah, 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 it's awesome. And when we got back, I was making burgers for everybody. So I'm in the kitchen and they're like, Carl, your arms look jacked. And then I was like, oh, cool. Like Jenny Lee tells me that all the time, but that's that's a biased opinion, right? And so they tell me that stuff, and it's like, yeah, okay. It's like it, I see myself every day, so I don't really know the difference. So that's how they support me there. But then also just something as simple as like Bobby T, for example, will ask me how it's going. And this mm. is the one of the things that I really – I found – I need to shy away from with regards to um, online communities because I know online communities are all about like one of the main reasons people go there is for accountability. And yet people don't hold each other accountable Um, from my experience. Some do some don't. And the way you hold people accountable is simply by following up with them. And so I've got brothers in my life who are following up with me with this stuff and just note like you, I know we're going to be talking about this, not just today, but all the time. So it's like, if ever I feel like not doing hmm. the food prep, if, and that actually, I'm really hoping we can get into that muscle up. I did the other day. Cause this is a perfect transition into it of how sure. you've do inspired it. some change. So inside, like whenever I'm having, well, I do it almost seven days a week, but I do my journaling experience, right. Every morning. And so the whole point of it is to, if I'm having a problem, I want to find a solution and I want to be able to take action on it like today. So problem uh, I wrote down was I plateau with my weight, which means there's something I need to test track and manage to get back on track. What is the smallest and simplest adjustments I can make that will have the biggest impact? So, for each area of the prep work for me, this, this in this case being physical health and fitness, right? I have usually, like I've got a lot of sources I go to for inspiration, but I'll have one book for each that just is like the Bible mm-hmm. for that area. Atomic Habits is for physical health and fitness. So the quote I got from there was, many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve. This leads us to outcome-based habits. Mm-hmm. The alternative is to build identity-based habits. With this approach, we focus on who we wish to become. Hmm. So really long story short with this one, I decided who I want to become is a success story for Philip because I don't want to let you down. I don't want, okay. I don't, I don't want to let you down. I want, I want to come on your podcast a year from now and be able to say, this is how Philip helped. This is how Philip helped me. I followed his advice in so many different ways, like not just with the nutritional advice, not just with like what weights do and exercise and stuff like that, not but just so much more like just mental and emotional support and love and compassion, and everything like that. I want to be the type of person that follows through for my brothers to help my brothers out. So, this has to be more, this has to be about more than just me. I don't, I don't want to let you down as soon as I make it about somebody else for whatever reason. We have a tendency to, to stick to the things that we want to do a lot more. So I don't want to let you down. So I did something the other day that I haven't, I've been trying to get myself to do for months. I, and I don't know why it's so stupid. It was just making shakes, like prepping shakes, having those prep, because I know mm-hmm. when I'm not hungry, they're super calorie dense and I can get them in. And it's, it's good. If I, if I'm like sure. all of a sudden something comes up and I don't have time for anything, I can bring it with me. Yeah. So I, I said, okay, as soon as I'm done this, my one small, specific and simple action was to go to the grocery store, get what I need, come home and prep before I do anything else. And I did it. So now I got four more shakes sitting in the fridge. So long story, long story long now, I don't want to <laughs> let you down.
1: No, I, and that's that. I'm thinking about that as well now that you brought it up. And I knew we'd learn things on this show and I hope people listening to this take that. It's. I think you took the identity-based habit and then you you enhanced it with this asterisk of let's let's make it about somebody else that we care about in our life and, and just make it so deep and so driving that any deviation from that means we're letting that person down in addition to ourselves, which is really powerful.
0: Um, Yeah. It's, it's like, rather than it just be, so the I am statement isn't just the identity thing. Isn't it just about who I want to be? It's who I want to be for this person or for this community. Like I, the way that I look at it, I I have to be the guy that is leading the way for all the brothers. I have to be, I, the, the only way I can do that is by just, living by example, right? Mm-hmm. So if I just don't make the shakes or I stay where I am, that's not that's not me. Cool.
1: So now let's 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 get into the day to day here, right? Okay. Your process to achieve that cuz you mentioned the shakes and we talked about tracking and things like that. How do you measure everything going on? So besides besides scale weight, which we talked about on the show and just to recap, at least my philosophy is your daily weight on the scale can fluctuate tremendously based on fluid <laughs> yeah. and based on inflammation and other factors oh, for women based on their cycle, bloating, um, how many carbs you had, et cetera, et cetera. There's like 20 different factors. So it can go up and down. And guys that are kind of in our weight range, it can go up and down three, four, even five pounds in a day, depending on what's going on. Our weight range, eh? You're giving me a lot of credit there. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> how, much are you, how much are you right now? I'm, I'm still down at like 170 something, low 170s. Okay, so-
0: Okay. okay, so you've got twenty something pounds on me.
1: Yeah, it's it's so. in the ballpark. We're in the in same. Ballpark.
0: All right, I'm I'm flattered.
1: The interesting thing, the thing <laughs> about human beings is like there's a normal curve, right? Like most people yeah. fall in the similar weight range, similar height range, and so on. So you you end up getting used to these numbers and kind of uh, making the connections. Oh, so where was I going with this, Carl? Talking about the day to day. Yeah. So so like one measure is your weight, but then you have to be careful to to use the right aspect of that. like So for me, it's a 20-day moving average. And, okay. an act, and I use a food logging app to see that, but you can just calculate that. Uh, what else are you measuring? Because I was thinking, if you felt like you were interrupted someday and you didn't have the shakes, or you did have the shakes, but you didn't feel hungry, or what have you, how do you know at the end of the day you got what you needed to get?
0: Um, so for me, the main thing that I'm measuring right now from a physical... Uh, I guess a weight standpoint is I use the Remfo scale, right? So it's got it, it. It gives you everything. Some of the things on there aren't very accurate. I know that the body weight and the lean muscle are accurate. Um, so that's what I'm I'm doing. And since man, it's been it's been a couple months now where before I was only doing it once a week, right? And then you suggested doing it every day, and I'm like, <sighs> whatever. I don't want to do this every day, but I'll do it because I don't know everything about everything. So I started doing it every day and it was, it got really interesting because what I would notice is the graph. If I were to pull it out, it goes really slow like this and then bump and down and then a little bit higher, bump and down. So there's always a dip before and up, but I've Uh noticed like, it's very, very, very incremental, but like this, like this straight line right here actually isn't a straight line. It's, It's like this, right? So, yep. say for example, this this past weekend when I was just, oh man, my emotions control the way I eat, hardcore. So, and for me, I don't I don't binge when I feel like crap emotionally. I do the opposite. I don't eat. I don't okay. eat. Okay. So, but since I've been getting on scale every day, <laughs> which is a uh, problem now
1: when you're trying to gain weight. So
0: it's just the yeah, opposite. H- yeah, huge that most problem. Have when huge to lose problem.
1: Then they overeat. Yeah.
0: So, uh, but. Since I was weighing myself every day, when I hopped on the scale after not eating, I actually had my highest weight. (laughs) And so so there's just, there was no rhyme or reason to that, which is why it's so important to have that data. Because when you can go the data, because I don't want to, I don't want to base how, like the results I'm getting on how I feel, because just like when I used to take the Uh, glamor shots. Like I take one every week. There'd be weeks where it's like, oh, I had a bad workout week. I wasn't eating that good. These are going to look horrible. I compare it to the last week. It's either the same or better. Mm -hmm. So you need that data there. So for me, the primary one right now, yeah, I'm looking at that every day so that I can make sure I'm managing that. But then the, the, the bigger one is inside the gym. Like yeah. I want my lifts to be going up every single workout in some way, shape or form. Like if I'm doing the same number of reps was rep number five cleaner than last week. Am I going up in weight? Am I getting to six reps instead of five today? So mm-hmm. just those are what's most important. And But also like third on the list there is the aesthetic part of it, right? Like I'm just, how are my clothes fitting? I've got the one shirt that I, the arms are, definitely tighter. And that's, Mm -hmm. that was, that was my goal going in. So now I'm going to have to buy a bigger shirt because I thought it would take me way longer to fit into this shirt, but it's, it's, it's tight now. Um, so that, that is also important. Okay. So if
1: backing off a bit, so you're going by your lifts, but what if, uh, you said you were in a weight stall for about a month
0: now? Yeah.
1: Okay. So what's going on there?
0: What's going on there is, (sighs) I haven't been accurately, so I've got my food prep down. Okay, so that's good to go. And that worked for me to get me to where I am now. And now I'm at that point where I need to try something different. So starting next week, I'm going to be tracking something different. So the thing I'm going to start tracking is my shakes plus three. How many, and by shakes plus three, I mean three meals. If I get in my shakes and three meals, I'm making a hypothesis that that is going to help me break through the plateau. Because that's going to be, that will up my calories. So, but I want to have data on that. So, and for me, when I say my meals, my meals are, I know even without tracking them that they are the same. Because if I've done my food prep and I'm only eating out once a week, the only option I have is to eat what I've prepped. So those meals are done in advance. So it's not like, oh no, I am eating three more meals, but I went out here and I went out here and there's there's no variation in what I eat. I, I eat the same three things every single day. Every right. single and, day,
1: yeah, and that's important. The routine is important. So for for folks listening, and, and here's the thing: having that routine
0: for some people would drive them crazy, right? For for me, it's it's super <laughs> yeah. easy. Don't get me um, wrong though; like, but, it's it's not every single day for months. Like the whole it it has shifts. To be something right? I enjoy, yeah. yeah. Like so, the menu will shift. So yeah, like spaghetti's on the menu, pierogi casseroles on the menu this week, and tacos sure. are on the menu, and then I've got my breakfast burrito, and so anyways. So I'm I'm so hesitant to like want to challenge you, Carl.
1: Here, well, no, isn't, the, isn't that the point of this conversation uh, that, and that, this that relationship? relationship? That is the host. Yeah, and and it's the going back to the tracking thing. I'm like, I hear well, all these on, ways. Hold on, before you before you yeah, say yeah. this, why are you challenging me? What is your intent? Okay, my intent is to have you think of all the different perspectives of why or why not you're, you're using but or why using specific tools, so that you get more precision and, and progress.
0: Okay, so you were looking yep. out for me by challenging me. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> I was like, where are you right? going with this? So I yes, should I yes. should be inviting this. And that's, that's one of the things I was really looking forward to here. Good. I know I'm in a plateau. I know Philip's going to challenge something yeah. I have. In other words, he's going to cause me to step outside my box, which is only going to lead me to where I want to go. All right. So challenge me all you want. <laughs> so just going back to the
1: tracking thing, because I hear... I hear all. I don't want to call them rationalizations. I want to call them. They could uh, be. They're techniques you're you're trying to come up with and be clever and think and and solutions to the problem of why is the weight stalled, knowing that you need more calories. Like just break it down very simply. You need more calories. Without actually measuring the calories right? right you're indirectly as with proxy measures measuring the calories and if you were eating like a robot and literally the exact same thing every day for months on end like bodybuilders do mm-hmm. I could see that that almost having a meal plan which is its own um, box for some people right having yep. a meal plan that I, I could see you making the progress but then I hear that what you're doing right now isn't working right so then I go back to track and I 'm like what is the real problem you have with tracking? One of the problems you said was you don't like the stacking that on top of something that's relaxing, which is prepping your food or yeah. cooking. Right. And then, I, and then I might ask, well, is there a different way you can track that doesn't do that? Like tracking it afterward, like tracking it an hour later as part of your journaling or documentation or looking at your other numbers or, or what have you. You know, it could be taking a picture in the moment of what you eat and then later on tracking it. Disseparate from that activity. Just just one little thing that came to mind. Is that the only problem? Or are there other things about tracking that are just not going to work for you?
0: No, that I, I don't know if that's the only problem, but that already starts to make sense. Like, what if I just if if the problem is for me doing it while I'm doing something that I'm supposed to enjoy, why don't I have a specific time for doing these things then? Like, why don't I do it another time? So my cooking's done, but then it's like, hey. Maybe when I've got some downtime, I go back, I grab all the boxes, I grab the labels, and I, I figure shit out. So yep. like that makes sense to me. So that's something that I'd be willing to try. Now, t- to answer your question, is there anything else that is stopping me from doing it?
1: Like if you did that, if you hypothetically put yourself in that position of, okay, I'm going to do it later, and maybe there's an easy way to do that without even having to grab all the boxes. It could be like what I do when I go to a restaurant I just put in the basic common foods into the app and ballpark it, and that's actually that actually results in a more accurate number than not doing it is is what the science shows and what kind of experience tends to show. Even if you're within thirty percent plus or minus, it tends to average out, and mm-hmm. at least gives you a box where you can up it each week, knowing that right. you know you have that target. So there, uh, there's a, yeah.
0: there's a story playing in my head that I'd be willing to investigate and see if. It's not accurate. I just there's something about me that is very resistant to making eating. It's it almost doesn't even, even make sense trying to trying to say it out loud. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. See, I'm trying. I'm not making to eating a cold eyes. like uh, data yeah. driven thing. Yeah. Like I, I I don't I can do it. Like I can because <clears throat> it's a human experience. Gym. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it inside the gym. So I'm not sure. The question I'm gonna have to ask myself is how do I Still keep this as much of an enjoyable human experience while still getting accurate on the data. Like that's that's a question I need to ask myself. It's a and fair question. Up, come, yeah. and when you
1: when you look at the an- analogy, so you mentioned the gym, uh, being on your kind of your advocate here, the gym, going to a gym and lifting weights is not really a natural human experience. We we created these boxes with these you know bars and plates, and like in real life, quote unquote, real life, our ancestors would have just lived their lives and picked up. You know, heavy stuff, and yeah. and, gotten, and they wouldn't have gotten as jacked as we're trying to get. Let's be honest; it would be somewhere. Of course, in, you know.
0: yeah, they're so far less than
1: us. <laughs> you look at you know hunter gatherer tribes or what have you, um, and then another energy analogy I often use is banking, and you could argue that also is an artificial construct of like having money and having budgets and stuff, and it's so we need to treat it that way. So I, I get all yeah. that. I get all that, but I also go back to you wanting to build muscle efficiently, effectively, to get to this goal. What's the best way we can do that and what are the best tools for it? And you also said doing something you don't like, you could eventually either like it or at least not notice it if it's part of your routine.
0: Right. But, okay, so you, you were going back to what we said earlier in the conversation. And the other thing I'm going to challenge myself on is what if I started doing it and all of a sudden I got to my goal way faster than I expected? Like, what if instead of me saying, you know what, I don't like doing this because of this, what if I said, you know what, what if this actually gets me to where I want to go faster? Like that mm-hmm. might be able to change. Cause really it's my emotional yes. connection to the activity that I need to address. Yes. It's not the activity itself. It's my emotional right. connection in the stories I'm telling myself about that because there is a way to make it fun. Like I love doing burpees. How like th- that's insane that is insane why it do is. i love bur- yeah <laughs> why do i love doing burpees because i have different stories and emotional connections associated with them so maybe now it's me looking hmm. at my stories and my emotional connection i have to tracking diligently that i need to address and who knows it might end up being one of those things where i i do it and i'm like i hate to say this but i should have listened to philip
1: you never know, man. But but you'll have information. You'll know. You'll know if yes. you truly just despise this with all your passion, and it's just not something for you. And you know, there's, there's things like that in our lives. What, yeah. what can you say? Yes. You know, I still don't like squats. I'll be honest. I'll say it out loud. Uh, I love deadlifts, with back squats. And maybe it's not that I don't like them. I just look forward to them with a little bit of dread every time. Why? for several reasons. It's one is the back issues I used to have. And I know you mentioned okay. something similar, which yep. gets me to be very focused on my form and do things the right way. But the other thing is it's, I'm not as strong in the back squat as I would like to be. So it's <laughs> one of these things I, I know I have to do it to push it. Yeah. And that's what drives me to do it. And I do them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine with that though. I'm fine. Cause I know, in the moment, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But, you know, I focus and I do it and I push. And then when I'm done, I'm like, oh, so glad I did that. <laughs>
0: but this brings up another interesting argument, though, or discussion, yeah. I should say, in terms of at what point do we stop trying to fix our weakest weaknesses and just accept our strengths yeah. and run with that?
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's... I don't know.
0: That's, yeah, that's a whole nother We're we going to leave that for the audience to, to answer. Yeah, they can they can give you some feedback on that one give us some answers.
1: Yeah, man. All right. So what else? What... Has has anything really surprised you about yourself during this process?
0: Yeah. The deadlifts for sure. I didn't right. like just I was looking to get back up to so the most I've ever done in my life and this was just in a challenge for one rep with three plates, right? So 315 and that was like the first time I tried it, I didn't get it up. And then uh this guy who was much taller than me and much thinner than me got it up. I'm like, yeah, this isn't acceptable. So I stepped back up to the bar (laughs) and I got it up, but I would, that was a one time thing. But what actually, this is what surprised me the most so far throughout this experience as it relates to, this is both inside the gym and outside the gym. And I'm really glad that I had the experience that I did. Um, I had an inside the gym and an outside the gym experience on the same day. So I'm going to do deads. And at that point, I think the max I was doing for six reps was, uh, Oh, no, I did 235 for five one week. Okay. So then the next week, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to go for 240 for sure, if not 245 mm-hmm. on the third set. So second set, I'm like, hey, put on what you did last week and let's get it for six before you go up and wait. Let's max up our reps before we max out the weight. And so I go up to the bar and I'm like, I'm getting myself all psyched up and everything like that. And I go and I lift it. I'm struggling. I get it like halfway up my shins and then just put it back down. On the first rep? Yeah. Yeah. On the first rep. so And then I sit down afterwards. I'm like, Carl, you did this five times last week. You're telling me you can't do it once now. So then a strategy that's always, always worked for me in every single one of my workouts is just have a nice relaxing workout. That's it. I just remove expectation. I have fun. I go up to the bar, make sure my form's good. So I waited about two minutes. I went and I pulled out six reps. And then I put 240 on the bar and I did six reps. And so... It was just, it reminded me to just relax, not put so much pressure on myself. And it was funny mm. because later that day, I was about to have like one of my emotional breakdowns. And what that looks like for me is I get anxious, I get nervous, and then I cancel things and I just shut down. I'll either watch Netflix or I just totally seclude myself. And it was a date night with Jenny Lee, the last day that I want to be doing that. And I said, Carl, you know what? Just have a nice, relaxing evening with Jenny Lee. Just focus mm. on relaxing. That's it. You'll do what you need to do. And it ended up being an unbelievable date night. All because I just, I remove expectation. Mm -hmm. I let the unconscious take over. Like the part of me I've been training diligently for over 20 years. I let it take over and trust that it's going to do what I need it to do. And that's exactly what the body did in that situation in the gym. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what my mind did when I left the gym. So that was fun. That's like
1: the, this is the, the epitome of mind muscle connection because it's, it's your psychological state. It's not even in the moment. Uh, You know, what comes to mind there is I, I lift in, I lift in my home gym by myself and I know a lot of people like to get psyched up when they go for a lift or they listen to loud, you know, heavy rock music or they got the camaraderie of the competition. Yeah. And I don't like all that stuff. I like when I, when I go for my set, I turn off everything and Mm -hmm. I just listen to myself, my body and tell my, give myself cues. And that is kind of a form of relaxing, I think. Um, yeah. If if people listening are wondering if they've been struggling with their lifts and maybe it is putting too much pressure on themselves, what Carl just said could be game-changing for you.
0: It's a form of relaxation, but it's also a form of strength in mm. that, like, because for me, what I do now, whenever <laughs> I'm working out, I always listen to a podcast episode that I'm going to be posting because I I listen to the nuggets. But as soon as I get ready to do my set, pause. Yeah. Put it on pause all the time. And it reminds me of something (laughs) that Goggins said. He said, if you're listening to music while you're working out, you're cheating. Yeah. You're cheating because you need – like when I say it's strength, it's because fewer places where you – will you be introduced to the demons that are really inside you than in the gym. Yeah. Like if you shut everything else off and listen to the voices that are coming up when you're getting ready to do a weight that you didn't think you can lift, man, you're gonna be surprised at some of the the shit that those voices talk in your head oh, yeah. and just and then being able to defeat those demons. Like today when I did the 205, like I told my buddy who was giving me a spot, I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going for two. We'll see if we get we'll see if we get four. And then as I'm sitting on the bench and I go to lie down, I'm getting myself positioned, it's like you've never done this before, Carl, or I haven't done it for like 10 years anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, you know what? We are, uh, we're going to crush this. And then sure enough, two was easy and we got to four. So it was nice awesome. after the fact being able to say like, yeah, those voices in my head, I'm going to turn the volume down on those guys. Yeah, yeah. man. Enjoy
1: it. Enjoy it. Because you're, you've got months ahead of you. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Two plates and- on the bench is coming right around the corner. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what, I mean, how do you know when you're done? How do you know when you're done? And then like, you've captured the flag <laughs> on your muscle building process and then you have to switch focus potentially.
0: I think you know my answer. Oh, switch focus. Okay. Cause you're never done. Um, well, well I mean, I'm not going to say you're never done. Um, yeah, this for, for me, me yeah. um, I have a <clears throat> number in my head. Like I would like to, I've always wanted to be 165. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been one sixty-five in my entire life. Um, so for me, it's about getting to that number, irregardless of performance, even muscle aesthetics, anything. Okay. It's all about proving that I can do something that I never thought was possible. Yeah. That's it. So, like that is the number one goal for me and just proving I could do something I didn't think was possible. But in terms of switching gears, um, well wait, if,
1: when you when you get there are you going to stay there
0: for a while? That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Um I'm going to see how much Jenny Lee can not keep her hands off me. So <laughs> if 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 my if the amount of physical attention I get from Jenny Lee goes up with my weight, then who knows? Maybe I'll hit yeah. the 175. But if it starts going down, I know I need to cut. So <laughs> there'll be more to grab there,
1: man. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and, and I ask also for a
1: practical reason, because when you hit that weight, if you just stop and go back to maintenance, you may drop because of the oh, yeah. carbs. So right. overshoot it by like a
0: couple pounds
1: or three pounds.
0: So one sixty five is my overshoot right now. Oh, okay. Because because I know I well, I know when I cut, like even if I were to drop down to one fifty-five, that's fifteen more pounds on me than I was walking around with for years. So fifteen pounds on a frame this big is that's gonna be healthy. That's gonna be pretty healthy. So one sixty five is just that, that one day you get it on the scale, boom, you hit that
1: number, right? (laughs)
0: <laughs> as soon as I, I can already tell because as soon as you said it, I'm like, no, I can all, I would love to see a one seven, a one seven oh something boy. would be. Oh, that would be solid. That would well, be that's solid.
1: the cool thing about this is like you have a lot of runway. Honestly, you do because you started pretty darn lean, so you yeah. have that runway to keep pushing, 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 pushing. And I mean, I would say go until you just feel like that's it. You know, it's
0: okay to go 12, until I start hating the process. 16 months,
1: yeah, it you like, can go a long way.
0: Yeah, if it gets to the point where it's like just every single time I eat, I'm like, uh, like it's just too. falling out of my mouth, then forget that it. Too. So but- Let me know when, you, if and when that
1: starts to happen. Because sometimes it doesn't happen. It depends on how many calories you have. Like if you're leaner and you're not up in the four or something range, uh, what yeah. do you think you're eating right now, calorie-wise?
0: Calorie-wise? I can't even give you a number yeah okay okay so if like, you start tracking I I, I'd be well, and then no I'd be curious to it's know. not if it's like that is what okay. I'm taking away from okay. cool. I, as many things I'm taking away from this conversation I I will begin tracking and I will begin taking a look at my emotional relationship to tracking awesome so yeah give, give it give it a month like
1: commit to a month if you can yeah.
0: don't give tell you up what early. tell you tell you what a strategy or a principle that works for me and kind of principle slash strategy is a lot of times not thinking too far down the road like say when I'm doing my 500 I burpees okay. I can't think about the 500 I've got to think about the first 25 got it that's okay. it so for me for like I'll do 30 but I'm just I'm going to focus on the 5 okay
1: focus so we'll on start. the 5 Start today, or F- tomorrow, whenever you're starting. Gail,
0: <laughs> okay, start it's, it's part way through the day, so that nope, kind of throws you nope. off. No, nope. yeah, but but no, it doesn't though, because remember what we said is I just need to track stuff. Like I need to track it after the fact. True, if you have the information from what you ate earlier, absolutely. Right, which which I do, because all I've had was a banana and a protein shake. So that's super easy. Okay, then we'll start today.
1: All right, so you. Carl, man, you know what I'm gonna ask next. <laughs> I, I want to ask it of you again. Oh man, I I can't believe I wasn't ready for this. What question Ah. did you wish I had asked? And what is your answer?
0: What question do I wish you had asked? Let's see. I'm going to go with the same question and give you a different answer. Because the question I asked last time that was, what am I embarrassed about Hmm. that I am ashamed that I'm embarrassed about that I wish I wasn't embarrassed about? Um, And it's how little I appreciate and love myself for the work that I'm doing. And the reason I say that is because there's this awesome guy named Mark that comes into the gym. Super nice guy. He actually works there too. I see him there this morning. I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. He comes in, he's wearing a tank top and he looked, he looked good. Like he looked, he, and he, he hadn't even started working out yet. Like he, his shoulders were popping. He had some good size. Yeah. Like he looked he looked better than the last time I saw him. So I, I went up to him as soon as I was done training my clients. I'm like, hey, dude, like you're looking good. He's like, oh, thanks, man. I'm like, you haven't even started yet. How do you look like that? Like, that's like I I want to look like that when I have a pump. But and he's quite a bit bigger than me, too. So so I was jealous. And as I'm walking away, I'm thinking, Carl, like, you look at all these people that you say they're doing good, and you'll even go up to them and say they're doing good. And you're comparing yourself to them, saying, I should be more like that like what is it going to take for me to finally accept myself what is it going to mm-hmm. take for me to finally accept that all this work I'm putting in is is doing something good like what is it going to take for me to be able to accept a compliment like i as soon as people give me compliments i I've gotten better at it, but I just shrug it off. Like I make some type of joke or excuse and it's because I'm super uncomfortable with it. I'm super uncomfortable acknowledging the fact that all the hard work that I dedicate myself to is actually paying off. Is it any wonder why I don't like the process sometimes because I'm not taking the time to acknowledge myself for the hard work I'm putting in. So I I wish I didn't shit on myself as much as I did and I really wish that I took time to acknowledge the work that I'm putting in.
1: And is this a, is this a practice that you want to do more of for yourself? Or is this learning to accept others compliments?
0: It's a practice I want to do more for myself. And I already have things in place that I've just, I've postponed. So I've got, like, I think I've talked to you about my cookie jar and my cookie jar is just for those who don't know, it's, it's literally wooden cookies and you, uh, you paint dots on them. So it looks like chocolate chips, but on the other side, you write down the date and something you've either accomplished Or something that you at least had the courage to try and Jenny Lee got me this cookie jar and she put like 60 Hmm. cookies in there for me. And there's all these things in there the day I quit Canada post my very first four hour boot camp and there's a lot of stuff in there that I tried and failed at, but I had the courage to try and I went and bought 60 more cookies like two months ago, and I haven't made another one yet. Because to me, every when I used to go in the cookie jar, I'd pull it out and it was like I use them for bookmarks or in the morning right before I leave, I would just go in there to remind me, like, Carl, you've done some pretty amazing shit. Like you need to stop and just take a breath and reflect on the fact that you are you are literally being the change you wish to see in your world. Like that I've got it tattooed on my arm. I am being the man that I want to be and I'm not I don't have I have the practices set up for it, and I haven't taken the time to implement those practices.
1: Well, dude, you've impacted my life for the better, and I know individuals you've impacted, and you know that you know th- yeah. who they are because there's people that are in our circle. Yeah. I want you to text me with that first new cookie you. Uh, okay, send video <laughs> of it, So there
0: we go. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm all right. Kate,
1: I promise you, I will have one done today. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, this is a form of gratitude for yourself, honestly. Yeah. Yep. And you know, and I know you talked to darling just like I did. Daily de- gratitude practice is a good thing to have, and. I like that idea. I might I might steal that idea as a way to do it for myself in some way. So thank you, Carl, man. I think this was uh, just what we expected and more,
0: I hope. And Always, uh, <laughs> always, buddy. This is you amazing. Know? Thank you for the amazing questions. Thank you thank you for having the courage to challenge me because that's what I talked about earlier, right? Like that's, that's what I love about our relationship is we're not shy on challenging others' perspectives. And at the same time, we will defend where we know our truth is. So I love for that sure. about us
1: for sure. And I hope the listeners feel like they can challenge themselves, challenge each other, look for their support structures, um, listen back to the episode with t- you know whatever resonates with you and take action on it today because that's really what we're all about. Yep. Always a pleasure talking to you, my brother.
0: Thank you, my brother.
1: If you've been inspired by today's interview and are ready to take action and build momentum on your health and fitness journey, just schedule a free 30-minute nutrition momentum call with me using the link in my show notes. I promise not to sell or pitch you on anything, but I will help you gain some perspective and guidance so we can get you on the right track toward looking and feeling your best.